podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the second weekly free show from us here at Heart and Hand, where we look back on the events of this week since the last show and ahead to Saturday's fixture. And as Saturday's fixture, we'll see St Mirren visit Ibrox. I've invited none other than Paisley Rose to get his expert opinion on the Paisley side. It's Mr David Marshall. Hello, sir. Hi, good evening, David. Yeah, Paisley's Road, the voice of St Mirren. Happy to be here in my, you know, unique spot of being Heart and Hand, St Mirren, uh, St. Mirren correspondent. It's a question of hats, isn't it? You know, your St Mirren hat, your Rangers hat. Uh, the Rangers hat is, is worn uh, more regularly. But uh, as David says, he, he does some work for St Mirren and uh, catches a lot of their matches. So is in a good position to tell us what we can expect on Saturday. But before we get to that, let's have a chat about how Rangers did in the rearranged Scottish Cup tie in Fife against Cowdenbeath on Wednesday night. Uh, running out pretty easy 3-1 winners. First half was sort of what you would expect. It was a procession. Rangers dominate the ball, scored three goals, denied a stonewall penalty by Craig Thompson. More on that later. And seemed to be effortlessly getting through to the next round. Second half, wasn't as good. Uh, Rangers lacked intensity. I think we expected the foot to come off the pedal a little bit, but it, it really did come off. Uh, I think that the 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 car stopped somewhat. Uh, the where Cowan Beath scored in the 46th minute from a, a controversial penalty, and that it happened two yards outside the box. And uh, from there, Rangers just didn't really produce anything. The passing went. There was some very shaky moments at the back. Some rather poor performances. So, David, the manager spoke afterwards, said, happy to get through, understood the conditions, happy with the first half, but the second half was pretty poor. And he spoke, I thought, quite interestingly about fringe players. Now, several players came into the side for various different reasons, like Sir Jermaine Defoe and Steve Davis, still trying to get match fitness again. But some of the other players who came in, I think we're in a position of really having to impress the manager after maybe failing to have done so uh, recently or, or even in the first six months of the season. And by his own comments, there were two or three, I think, played themselves further away from a first-team shot rather than closer to one. Yeah, I mean, if you were looking for uh, some of the, the fringe players to you know start banging down in the manager's door, don't really think we saw that. I totally agree. I think we saw the opposite. I think a lot of them have just confirmed... Um, what we'd assume to be Gerard's low opinion of them in, in regards to where they are in the pecking order on the squad. Some really poor performances, uh, particularly in that second half last night, David. Uh, John Flanagan's immediate one that come, comes to mind. I think the, the myth that if you play him in his natural position, uh, he's a decent player, just you can blow that right in the water. Some young players, uh, when they show promise, you know they just don't develop how we think they're going to. And I think, unfortunately, uh, from Flanagan's point of view, he comes under that. He's just not as good as people thought he was going to be when he was when he was uh, younger. He's had a succession <laughs> of injuries that have taken away a lot yeah, of the good stuff. Things like that game. happen. Yeah, uh, uh, he was uh, tremendous that year that Liverpool should have won the league, which is a few years ago now, to be fair. Mm. But he was terrific going forward, very confident, loved the tackle. He's sluggish now. Um, he can't get about the pitch the way he used to be able to. It, it is a legacy of injury, and it's sad, but it's it's quite clearly taking away a significant part of his game. And I agree. I, I think uh, you're right. I, I think he has clearly 
gone from being the second choice left back or the left back cover. I think that's been clear with Andy Halliday really staking that place out for himself with Borna mm-hmm. Barris, which isn't there. And then on the right, we've just signed Matt Polster, who of course can play right back or, or in midfield, but it, it's more cover for that area. And I just don't think the manager. Uh, I wouldn't surprise me if John Flanagan maybe was was on his way in the summer. I know he's got a year left in his deal, but it wouldn't surprise me. But there were a, a couple of, of good things. I thought in the first half, Rangers were very professional because it's a banana skin. It, it's kind of a can't-win game in a way, David, isn't it? Because yeah. the expectation is such that really you you have to go out and, and smash the team. And they looked well on the way to doing that. Um, I thought that... A great goal from Andy Halliday, one of the few players in the team who can and does like a shot from distance, and he got his reward with a great strike. After that, a good bit of play from Kyle Lafferty, flick on at a corner, Jermaine Defoe, unlucky to see his shot blocked. I think he'll get a few goals for us from that kind of thing. And the ball coming back to Hart and Hand's own Lasana Koulibaly, who scored with a, a lovely finish. And then Kyle Lafferty getting on the end of a terrific through ball from Ryan Jack, something that... Uh, I like in his game and I'd like to see a bit more of and, and there was Lafferty tuck away and, and I must admit I was quite happy at halftime and I was frustrated at the end but it was job done and get through I'm not going to uh, I wasn't going round the house and kicking waste paper basket bins up in the no. air and, and that kind of thing you know it was a victory it was done you move on I, I've seen plenty of Rangers performances like that over the years in similar ties I I was much like yourself, David. End of the first half, I was you know I was very pleased. It was as you say a professional performance. We got through it. He goes up and hadn't really broken a sweat. Three you know good goals as well, in my opinion. I, I was you know we we done the post match in the Patreon the other night. We talked about it as well that we, that second half was frustrating. But with twenty four hours now to look back on it, I, I can't really say I'm that bothered. It was poor and it was hard to watch, but. It, 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 quite frankly, it's a cup game. We got through it, and it's just going to be one of these games, David, where it comes up in ten years' time. And oh God, remember that one? But yeah. <laughs> it just is what it is, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it's about getting through it the next round, where performance will obviously have to increase exponentially as we're away to Kilmarnock, and uh, we we obviously saw last week what can happen if we're not on it mm. when we visit Rugby Park. But moving on then to the events of the week, Jordan Rossiter has gone out on loan. He's gone to Bury on loan to the end of the season. Um, my suspicion is, David, that we just spoke about a player badly ravaged by injuries. Jordan Osser is a player I like. I think there's great ability there. But we know the issue. There's there's no point dressing it up. We know what the problem is. He's never been able to get a consistent run of games together in his time at the range or, or in his career, in all honesty. It's a tragedy for the boy. Uh, it's sad for the club. But if he can go somewhere and get regular games, he really is at an age he needs to be playing for his own career. And I think the fact that as a club like, like Berry, with all due respect to them, I think that maybe tells you the suspicion of clubs at a higher level as to his reliability. Yeah, I mean, there's still some people, uh, even within our support, that will tell you that Jordan Ross is one of, the, one of the best midfielders at the club. That, at this point, is nothing more than a theory that we can't really back up with any evidence. He's played a handful of games, the guy. I, you know, I, I feel sorry for him, and I wish I oh, God, yeah. no, no, I will him. You know, I hope he can go to Bury and uh, do well and resurrect some sort of career for him. I mean, there's there's a bizarre time timeline where Jordan Russell's in that Rangers midfield for the next ten years, winning league titles and trophies. Unfortunately, it's not really worked out for him. I don't think we'll see him again in a Rangers jersey, David. No, I'd be surprised if we did as well. But but all the best to him and he's tripped yeah. down there. And, and we're recording before the end of the window. Uh, no deals have been mentioned. But equally, nobody important, i.e. 
a little Colombian goal-scoring genius, uh, appears to be heading out the door. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, I, I hate deadline day, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I can't stand it. All the pish in Sky Sports, I keep miles away from it. I just keep an eye on us and I can use, uh, you know, heart and hand, Twitter, follow, follow for that, so that'll do me. Yeah, I mean, I don't expect us to make anything big uh, in the next couple of hours. I'm just... It doesn't look like Alfie's going out the door, and I think that's a massive win for us if we can keep him uh, from now to the end of the season. It's, you know, since uh, the 1st of January, I've been wanting this window to close because I want him to stay at the club. We hold him now to the end of the season. We're still got, still fighting in two fronts for two trophies. I think that's a big win for us overall, and probably rounds up what's been a really good window for us as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with the window. It gives us options moving forward. And speaking of moving forward... St Mirren come to Ibrox on Saturday, a, a disappointing season all round for them so far, started badly um, under yeah. the uh, stewardship and in inverted commas of Alan Stubbs, a guy who appeared to be as interested in St Mirren's prospects this season as I was, but I wasn't taking away <laughs> from them while doing it. Uh, and uh, I know you'll come to it, but I believe that the club sanctioned for them quite a big spend on a player who's just been released uh, under Stubbs. But uh, they, they brought in Oren Kenny, um, started well, great result against Celtic, but but failed really to, to kind of match up or develop on from that. And I watched the game last week. Again, look, if you're going to have Hibs visit in your stadium, you probably couldn't have picked a, bit, a better time. Hibs no. shit out of form. Uh, their manager at the time suspended has since departed in one of the most bizarre um, leavings of a job ever. I think he didn't get sacked and he didn't resign. I'm not to me that usually indicates in a job that you're still doing it. <laughs> but, what do you I'm know? still waiting for the punchline, you know. Yeah, exactly. It, it was a, it was a, apparently the Riddler who drew up that uh, uh, riddle me this. I, I'm like, no, I don't get it. It means he still got a job. Aha! And the answer's Neil Lennon. He's gone. But Hibbs turned up. Um, and did look short of confidence. I thought St Mirren played really well, scored a great goal in the first half and then died at half-time and in the second half completely overrun. And what was interesting to me, David, was as soon as Hibbs scored, you could sense, even as a yeah. disinterested guy like myself, just watching on the telly to, to see how they would do ahead of playing us uh, and waiting for the Rangers game on Sunday, you could sense around that stadium, the whole place was going, I knew that was going to happen and bad things are going to happen from here. And of course they did and they end up losing 3-1 and are well beaten by the end. They don't look a side who are full of the joys of spring at the moment. No, I mean, I think pretty much from uh, from the moment Man won uh, promotion last season, it has been you know, just a series of doom and gloom, losing Jack Ross, bringing Alan Stubbs, which... That's like losing the 20 quid and finding a used condom, isn't it? It really is. I mean, you see, David, if someone were a bigger club, you could probably write a book in this season about them. Stubbs came into there and he actually had no interest on managing Sitmarin. He thought he was bigger than the job, which his record in football um, up to this point, apart from one cup final against us where we didn't show up, I don't know how he could come to that conclusion where he's uh, too big to manage any club in the Scottish Premiership. he done a... He done a Q and A with the fans uh, during the pre-season, the St. Man fans, and this was just after they got humped six 0 off a Sunderland, a League One English team. Uh, the game I made my commentary debut, by the way. Uh, and thank you. And a very fine job you did. <laughs> I did, I did. Uh, so he done a Q and A with the fans after that game, and there was, you know, a fair amount of anger and animosity, but also like level-headed guys are all asking questions. You know, where do you see? yourself taking this club and pretty much every answer Stubbs gave was you know to to condense it was well I'm the guy you've got and 
that's who you're stuck with, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I spoke to some month fans after. Who, yeah, I mean, I spoke to some month fans who were at it afterwards, and it was like, they told me, like, you know, you left you left the place that night, and you had this, like, you know how when you've got that really seething anger, but you're so angry that no noise comes out, you're just yes, like, yes. it's a silent Stephen anger. I, I call it Stephen Whitaker at right back anger. Yeah, but that's what we feel like. They said it was just there was too much going on in their head to just process just how angry they were with this guy. Never looked interested. I came in. There is the same idea that he ripped apart the team. He did a wee bit, but the the selling of that Simon team that uh, that won the league last season had already kind of begun before Stubbs got there. He didn't help it. <laughs> to be fair, he uh, he got the fucking axe out and was whacking away some of the best players. Uh, telling guys who were some of the best players in the first division last season that they could feel free to leave, and they brought in a load of crap from the English lower leagues, most of which have already been moved on. Uh, there was a guy, Josh Heaton, I think his name was. Yeah, that's some, him, 75 grand. Yes, Mum's biggest signing in terms of a fee in about, I think it was something like five, six years, didn't play a single game for the club, as was told, uh, and they got moved on uh, this window. A lot, cha- lot of changes for St Mun, uh over January. Owen Kearney's came in there and he's got a really difficult club because St Mun, in a lot of ways St Mun's a, St Mun overachieved by getting promotion this season. When they first brought Jack uh, Jack Ross in you know, about two years ago now, his job was to keep them up in the Championship. And, and it started that. really badly, I remember. Yeah, the, yeah. Time, the knives were out for him after about six weeks, were they not? And then of course he just he turned it all around and he's doing really well at Sunderland now as well. Yeah, because he was seen as a cheap option as well by a lot of the St. Man fans, which in a lot of ways was. A lot of the St. Man managers in the last, you know, you could really say since Gus McPherson left, have been the cheap option, to be perfectly honest. I mean, again, you know, I, I know people at St. Man, so I don't, I'm, I'm not really criticising them too much. They do they do a lot when they, they don't really have a lot to work with at that club, uh, which is to their credit, to be fair. But, you know, they brought in Owen Kearney. Um, I think he'd have been a guy who'd have possibly been better for them next year if they got relegated. I think he'd have done... He'd have probably came in with a bit more positivity and could have probably uh, got him got got him back up next year. But I don't think they're going to get rid of him either, uh, regardless what happens. If I was a Saman fan, I'd be very worried for now. They're bottom of the table, and if I'm on Kearney and I'm walking into that Saman restroom, I'd do turn to my guys and say, "What is it we do well?" And I imagine I'd be getting a lot of like uh, looks down at the feet and silence and shuffling feet, going, "What is it we actually do well?" They can't defend. Uh, at all, their defence has been atrocious since uh, since day one, uh, since the very first pre-season game. Can't defend that, you know. Six 0 Sunderland <laughs> sums that up. They can't. They, they don't have any ideas going forward. Their main idea now is they've brought in uh, Simon Jackson, who's been there for a. He was brought in about I think about middle October or something. He's he wasn't a start the season signing, but he was brought in as a free uh, halfway through the first half. Their, their attacking plan is basically get the ball to Jackson. He's, he, you know, he's a, he's a player that's got a level of quickness and a level of skill. He's a good finish last week. Yeah, yeah, he's a top goal scorer. He's got five goals for him. Uh, the top goal scorer below him was Adam Hamill, who has left the club <laughs> now. Uh, he left in a free because he got some some uh, some off from England and he wanted to move back closer to home, which understandable. You know, I wouldn't fancy. Coming up to pace if I wasn't from there either. <laughs> well, you said I'm not. T- Send your yeah. hate tweets to uh, at David Mar- D Marshall th- Dave Marshall thirty eight. Sorry, um, Paisley people. It wasn't me that said that. Uh, I mean, listen, there's not wrong with Paisley, but 
of all the cities in the world, well, let, to come let, to. <laughs> yeah, let, let's not go nuts here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's um, a lot wrong with Paisley. Yeah, but uh, I, I like I say, I, I watched them last week, bereft of confidence, but they get the boost of coming to Ibrox, full stadium, um, it's kind of places you want to play your football, and we know that they'll work really hard when they arrive. But yeah. Rangers really should be more than capable of going out and beating them and not just beating them, beating them by a few goals. Now, we've been playing... 4-3-3 primarily this season as we know with Alfredo Morelos and uh, two two wide players and I think we've almost arrived at common consent that the, the best front three would be Candeus, uh with Alfie in the middle and Ryan Kent on the left I think yeah. most people would, would agree with that but Obviously, with the signings of Jermaine Defoe and Stephen Davis, we've gone to a, a 4-4-2 diamond recently. Didn't really work against Kilmarnock. Uh, we saw it again last night. Hard to judge. But I wonder if this is maybe more the game to be trying something like that than Rugby Park away in your first game back, for example. Yeah, do you know, you've always got the chance for these teams that someone could come uh, sit in and nick something. Quite frankly, I don't think they've got that in them. So one have defended well twice this season. And funnily enough, one both times was the 0-0 against Celtic and the, when they lost 2-0 to us in the previous game. That was probably the only times they defended well this year. There is that part in my head, David, as the Rangers fan, that's saying that um, I, I don't really be changing systems when the league race is that tight. You know, go out there, play your best team, play your best system, get the three points. But if I was to take, take myself, try to be a bit more neutral about it, yeah, it does scream to me the kind of game that um, we should be trying new things because really whatever we put out there should be good enough to beat this at one team. It sounds very simplified, but this is really, really not a good team we're up against. I said the last time I was on here for some uh, feedback that I don't think there's a lot of difference between the SPFL bottom half and the championship top half. I, I think we've seen that. Yeah, and I think we've seen that the last couple of weeks in the Scottish Cup results. I mm. uh, don't really know what the air and Talbot result tells us right enough. But uh, yeah, Sitman are a poor team who I think when you look at their business of done this month and what they're doing, I think they're already preparing for relegation, David. Well, I'm looking forward to the trip to Ibrox. It's going to be very, very cold, but hopefully the team can excite us a little bit. One guy who I'm hoping to see, he wasn't available Wednesday night due to suspension, but he is available on Saturday, is Ross McCrory, who I think has been one of the, if not the, highlight of the last, what, two months. I think he has arrived as a fully matured first-team player. And for me, he has entered the um, must-play territory, David. Uh, am I being a little bit uh, overexcited here? Or uh, are we at a stage now where Ross McCrory, we need to stop thinking of him as a kid and just think of him as a first-team player? Yeah, you know, I listened to the, the flagship on Monday and uh, Andy McGowan, you know, basically apologising to Ross McCrory. I'm going to have to do the same thing here. Start the season. I was a bit worried about McCrory. I, I, I didn't really see where he was going to fit into this, uh, into this team. I thought he might find himself a bit down the pegging order, especially when we were bringing new guys in. But no, you're, you're totally right. He, he is starting, he is with the last couple of months now, looking at that mature, complete footballer. I think we lose a lot when we take uh, McCrory out of the team. Probably, you know, nearly as much as we would if we took out Candace or Morales. I think he's becoming that potent for us. I think we are at the point now we need to stop looking at him as this young guy. I think we just need to look at him as Ross McCordy and Portland Rangers player. Yeah, totally agree. And, and I do hope to see him back in the side this uh, this weekend. 
Obviously now the Kilmarnock result means and Celtic winning their game in hand that we're six points behind them. Not a lot of wiggle room, um, if, no. we're, if we're being honest about it. And a game like Saturday, not only is three points essential, it's a game you've got to go out, I think, and be targeting winning by a good few and getting the, the goal difference up. And maybe that is a little disrespectful to St Mirren, but it is what it is. Mm. We've got to pick up not just points. We need to be moving to becoming a team who it's not simply about three points in certain matches, that that should be a given. It, it should be how many. And I think that this is one of those matches. It's not Kilmarnock away. It's not Livy away. And we are coming off the back of, I think, probably our best away league performance of the season. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, uh, I think we'll win this. I don't think we're going to be in the end of any threat of uh, not winning this game. And I'm like yourself, I'd be looking at this one, maybe minimum of four goals on Saturday. Again, it's got to be that way. Some of them are going to sit in, they're going to try and uh, be hard to break down. We have at times struggled against teams that do that. But this is probably going to be the poorest team we've faced this season. It's a team that have got absolutely no confidence. We should be looking to go into this one, David, as a momentum builder and building up that goal difference. OK, well, prediction time, David. What do you think the people should be putting their bet on on Saturday? Well, I said minimum of 4-0 there, so I'll go one up from that and I'll say 5-0 Rangers. OK, I will be putting a fiver on 3-0 Rangers with Nico Katic at any time. So Ooh. there you go, folks. Yeah, I, I think he's due one from a corner or whatever. And he does like one, eh? He, he's good. He's really good in an attacking sense. And I just watched St Mirren last week and I thought, oh, uh, if we can get good delivery and we should have players on the side capable of doing that, then yes, I, I could see Big Nico getting in the end of one. So fingers crossed that that's what happens. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with a, a full roundup of the match. If you want to hear more from Heart and Hand, uh, including young David here, who uh, contributes his show Six of the Best, where he looks at classic sixes, you might have guessed, in Rangers history, be it uh, goals by a certain player, be it matches, uh, cup finals, whatever. Uh, that that drops every second Friday night, and there are up to five shows every single day on the network. So please give us a try. It starts at just one ninety nine per month. I mean, that's nothing. That's half a coffee. And for that, you will get hours and hours of glorious content. Thanks to our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Paul Miles. Thank you to my guest, the wonderful Mr David Marshall. Thanks, David. And just before I go, I want to say that uh, Forrest Grump is an absolutely fantastic film. Forrest Grump? Is that the porn I did version? See, I did see Forrest Grump there, didn't I? Yeah, you did, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a mute point again. It's a mute point. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I just, I don't know why. I just, uh, you know, I was, I was 17. I was into other things when I was 17. <laughs> then, <laughs> then fil- the films like that. And I've just never, really, I've never seen Philadelphia either. That's supposed to be, that's another Tom Hanks one that's good. And it's not that I dislike Tom Hanks. He's absolutely brilliant in the post and he was absolutely brilliant in uh big so there's two bookends of his career but mm. uh, no i just uh doesn't don't don't fancy it frankly um i did like the homer simpson pastiche of it though yeah uh, that, that that's uh, even i recognized what that was but the thing that put me off is sally feel you know that life is like a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get well mm. it's just been christmas and i've eaten a lot of chocolates and you do know what you're gonna get they give you a wee leaflet eh? or in milk and uh, uh what do you call them now? Milk tray. They now print it on the inside of the box. So yeah. if you've opened the box, you cannot help but see what you're going to get. So I just thought Sally Field, who I love because she's in uh, Smokey and the Bandit, she lied to me. And I didn't know if I could if I could really deal with that. So no, I'm going to have to just ignore that film. It's, it's not one I'm going to watch. You get to see Tom Hanks coming in his uh, pants, so if that sells it for you.
Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, folks, thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back on Monday. Until then, you have a wonderful weekend, and I hope your team wins. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.